Welcome back to the NFL Slate Show. We're coming at you with a playoff edition of the Slate Show. We got the first round Super Wild Card weekend this weekend, starting off Saturday, going through Monday. But before we get into that, we got some college news that hits right with us. We got some, Dabo, some stuff and things to talk about. Yeah. Dabo finally did it. Well, he he did something. He yeah, he finally he proved did he's it. capable of change. <laughs> so uh, I think that yeah, obviously. Brandon Streeter uh, let go as offensive coordinator, will not be part of the staff moving forward. Uh, he's replaced within, what, an hour, reports-wise? Yeah. Uh, became official about a half hour ago, but Garrett Riley, the uh, Boreals Award winner, uh, which is the top assistant in college football, that's something that I believe Brent Bimbles and Tony Elliott both won. Is either Elliott or Scott one of them? Elliot definitely won it. Scott yeah. or Venables. I don't know. We've had a couple coaches. Venables has definitely won it. Yeah. yeah. We've had some uh, some history there with Clemson in that award. So uh, just recently won that. Guided TCU to a national championship game. Unfortunately fell in a nail biter uh, to <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> that first quarter was close. But uh, yeah, you know, never forget 10-7. And uh, so, yeah, Clemson has hired an assistant coach that has no history with Clemson. So, you know. First time for everything, I guess. I mean, yeah. it was. I'm biased more than more than most. Uh, while three of us, not including Beasy, were working at Clemson football, I was privileged enough to work with the quarterbacks specifically. So I spent a lot of time near and around uh, Coach Streeter and the QBs, uh, and also a name that we'll get to know a lot more now is uh, Kyle Richardson. Hopefully, he'll mm. be retained and. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I love Streeter as a person so much that this I'm struggling to separate it. Uh, I mean, obviously, things had to change. I thought it would happen at the position coach level, frankly. Uh, but, you know, I think we've been begging for change so long that if he kind of you know, skipped those middle steps and just went straight to uh, the big swings at offensive coordinator, then I really can't find too much issue with it. Uh, the timing, weird. I mentioned TCU in the National Championship game. That was Monday. It is the same week on a Thursday. God, when this that came was out. Monday? Holy shit. Yes. Uh, so I'm not of the belief that this all started Tuesday morning. Uh, so I I'm, I don't really know how to think about that. I mean, that's, that's cutthroat Dabo, honestly. Uh, you know, could we have had Garrett Riley in the bag before they even took the field? In Los Angeles Monday night. I mean, that's that just doesn't sound like Dabo, but I mean, for a move like that and to bring in a coach of that caliber, um, I, I think you have to be aggressive with it. So I'll tip my hat to Dabo for that as well. Um, and I wonder, you know, at what point did Streeter know? That's been something people have been speculating about as far as some people said he was told he wasn't getting fired. Some people that, you know, like it was sprung on him. We have no idea. Um, my hope would be, and I feel like it's pretty safe to assume with Dabo and how he's run things to this point in his tenure, that there was constant communication with Streeter uh, about what the future was going to hold. And, you know, I'd obviously not including him, um, but, you know, the Twitter streets always going to find something to, uh, to, you know, investigate on their own. So, I mean, what do you think about all this? I mean, we definitely, everybody was asking for it. Everybody was asking for some sort of change. Like you said, whether it's at the position, the position position, or straight up OC, and he just said, screw it. I make $10 million a year 
or whatever his contract is. He makes the big big decisions that got him to that point. I mean, we kind of saw it a couple years ago when he went out and got Brenton Venables, who at the time was the best defensive coordinator at the time. He went out and got Chad Morris before the big run that we made, which he ultimately ultimately set us up for those runs, you know, having Elliott and Scott under his wings. And it was, I guess it was time for a change. He just probably just realized that that whole bringing up through the rear, through the rear, bringing up through the program probably wasn't working out the best. I mean, you've seen how it ended up with Elliott so far as first year at Virginia. Scott's already out at USF or you, yeah, USF. Those acronyms confuse me all the time. I, should, I, I mean, I love the hire. I mean, like like you said, Streeter's a great guy, but it was more. I think it was more of a writing on the wall and. We've seen by some of the players' reactions that it's kind of everybody kind of likes this hire too. So let's pedal to the metal. Let's roll. Right. I mean, you mentioned player reactions. Will Shipley liking a tweet from Barstool Clemson, which I realize is not in context a lot as far as the reaction goes. Uh, These guys won't be in front of mics for a while, I'd assume. I mean, I don't think there's much spring media availability whatsoever. Um, So unless it's some, you know, article. I guess they could ask them about it, but we won't get much. But with social media, uh, if you like something on Twitter, everybody can see it. So uh, that was something that was picked up on pretty quickly. If there were other guys and with similar reactions as far as, you know, liking tweets and like that, I didn't see it, at least not yet. But one, I think one of the big ones is Will Shipley, uh, just because just like ETN down in New Orleans, uh, we got away from the run and it bit us pretty badly. Uh, so. I don't really fault Shipley for that. Um, so, I mean, it's like you mentioned, Streeter, the the person, the individual, um, you know, that's exactly what Clemson needs. But just unfortunately, strictly between the uh, the sticks, it just wasn't what we needed. It wasn't enough. Um, and it's not solely his fault. It's like it wasn't solely DJ's fault. It was just a combination of pieces not fitting together. And now DJ out in Corvallis, Oregon State and uh Brandon Streeter not in Clemson. I assume he'll land squarely on his feet at yeah. least with an offensive coordinator job. I don't. I mean, if he's the head coach within three years, I'm not surprised at all. Um, and I think that it may not be Power Five as far as next steps for him. Um, but I, I think said, that yeah, I said he in could the group check G5 would be perfect for right, him. I, I think that's a safer bet uh, for sure. I mean, it's Division One without a doubt. Just to get that out of the way. But I mean, it's. It's unfortunate because, I mean, you know, by now, a lot of players we interacted with on a daily basis have exited the program. You know, naturally, just the cycle of college football, the three to four to, I mean, some guys at six with uh, Xavier Thomas coming back. Um, You know, that's expected. It's natural. It happens. But with coaching, uh, especially at Clemson, not a lot of movement there, not a lot of changes. And when changes do happen, like you mentioned with uh, Scott and Elliott and some other guys, that it happens from within. But it seems like that well has run dry on offense, at least right now. So, uh, yeah, home run higher. I, I think the fact that we got a guy like Garrett Riley, really the top name offensive mind-wise in the country, takes a little bit of this thing away from losing a guy like Streeter just because of what I knew. And to contribute to the team, you know, personally and recruiting-wise and all that good stuff. So uh, I think if we had gone out and done some – some nepotism type things like we've done in the past, then uh, I would be a lot more upset, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to laugh in the hair a couple minutes. What? We might have a guest here in a second. <laughs> I was texting Jacob about something. <laughs> he, he might be joining. So, but unfortunately, like, 
with this hire, we're not going to see who the real problem was, whether it was DJ or Streeter being the play caller. We're never going to get that answer. That. Yeah. I prefer that. Which is, yeah. And I don't know if we stated this or not yet, but the contract officially was three years, 1.75 yearly, uh, $300,000 signing bonus. So yeah, that'll, that'll play. <laughs> he's getting paid. Um, I know a lot of people's reaction to it was, oh, he only gave, he only got seven points. He did nothing against Georgia. So, it is TCU. Yes. Texas Christian University. Who was, oh, there he is. There he is. How much more California can one be right now? Here's what I'll say about the Riley contract. $1.75 million is a small price to pay for my sanity. I think I would I would I think I would raise the money if we couldn't come up with one point seven five. It's a factor in uh uh Streeter's nine fifty, I think, which puts it up to what, two point eight yearly for a for a top flight OC? We're talking top five OC in the country. Who Done. could make that as a head coach anywhere, honestly? Yeah, I'm surprised I'm honestly like I'm honestly surprised at the hire considering his options. Dabo, Above yeah, well, and, you know, you know Dabo obviously wants him to stay for five, six, seven years, right? Like, because Riley's the stunned, guy that could, honestly. Riley's the guy that could have a good year, and let's say hey, I don't know X Y Z coach gets fired, and you know he's there. Yeah, you know, take us to a he's natty. the next guy. Right. Oh, he takes us to the playoffs, and we're averaging thirty-eight points a game next year with Kate Klubnik. He's the hottest guy on the market to to, to go to go for a head coaching job. Yeah. So I mean, if he's a shot in the arm like Joe Brady style, like he was at LSU, I mean that's that's he's gone. Right. Oh, I don't absolutely. Think let's uh let's go ahead and pre-speculate. Who, who? Where do we think if he has a good year, he goes? I think pick of the Power Five openings. Honestly, I mean Auburn's open every six months. Um, <laughs> yeah. If Lane yeah. finally leaves Ole Miss, he just actually stole Bama's defensive coordinator. So maybe a sign of his... Bill O'Brien left too. Officially? I did not see that. That's interesting. Well, I don't know if it's official yet, but I do know that Bill O'Brien's leaving. Okay. I mean, that's breaking. He seems news. like he's a ready graduate of the uh, Saban Rehab program, so that's you know. Hey, you know, you guys know the guy that's slotted in to go back to Bama, right? Who's that? Shark. Jeremy Pruitt. Ooh. Jeremy Pruitt. Forgot about him. Jeremy Pruitt's getting the first phone call, and I know, I know for a fact. To clean the I, floors. I know for a fact Jeremy Pruitt was a great DC. But I know for a fact that Jeremy Pruitt wants to go get back into coaching. So well, I mean, I'm sure, but I, I just don't know if Saban wants five and seven while cheating, walking around his uh, his dynasty. Yeah, but go look at what he did when he was at Bama. Oh, I'm well aware of it. It was him and Minimal's one A, one B, or right. one A two at the DC right. position. Right. So I mean, look at the end of the day, this is the best hire we could have made. Do y'all agree? Oh, absolutely. Hundred yeah. yeah. percent. This was. Yeah. I mean, I I was honestly worried we were gonna we were gonna. Uh, promote CJ Spiller, and I've, <laughs> I, I and I've heard rumors that he doesn't even know the playbook. So <laughs> I mean, I, he's not there to know the playbook. I'll say that. But yeah, I'll just mention it with Bailey. Uh, the, the fact that we went out and got a name like Garrett Riley and avoided some of the nepotism that's gotten us to this point takes the sting out of losing a guy like Streeter. Ultimately, yeah, I saw. At least in my I saw and I understand you like him and he's a good guy, but he was not a good offensive coordinator. And we can get into it more on on Monday, like deep dive right. when I'm better available but and i think he will be it just won't be at clemson at least not right now yeah yeah i think somebody i think walt Deptula, for all of his flaws i gotta go boys 
Don't work too hard. <laughs> that was Jacob, our uh, co-host. I think he was at – he's in San Diego, some trip or something. I think he was on a ride, but he gave us his two senses. Um, I think we all pretty much that's, agree. That's all we need. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that we kind of fleshed this out a bit in the uh, group text we've mentioned a lot that probably contain 10,000 text messages throughout the years. Uh, but, you know, we realized that this would get a bit – not stale nationally, uh, not locally. Of course, this is, I mean, I've been listening to one of five, five all day used to kind of hear the general consensus locally. Uh, and it seems like, you know, the change we've been asking for happened. It wasn't the way we expected it, but that's been a kind of a bit of a theme with that I mean, you think Mm -hmm. just when you think, you know, okay, problem solution, he doesn't quite reinvent the wheel but he just approaches it from a different angle than it seems like the public would expect him to which has gotten him two championships in three years seven straight playoff appearances seven straight acc titles and just one another one uh so i think that you know we do have to keep that in mind while not giving him a pass it, you know you give him the benefit of the doubt when he actually does attack problems in this way so i think that yeah the the move itself, shocking. Uh, I think the timeline was more interesting to me than anything yeah. else. And this was the timeline 90 minutes. How quick it flipped. Yeah. Yes, it, it was he, 90 minutes. He def- they definitely had this planned. I don't think he would have ma- made a kind of move like that without having some sort of backup plan, basically. Because, uh, right. I mean, we saw last year, Elliot took a job. Venables took a job. He was kind of forced the hand he, he was dealt with, with hiring new guys. This was, all right, I'm making a decision. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. So, right. I mean, he was losing the risk. He was risking not his legacy at Clemson, but I think nationally being known reputation. as a guy who was hot for five years, you know, just in general, roughly. It was longer than that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a nice story. And then he kind of just fell off the map. But uh, I think that a move like this, especially with what's happening down in Tallahassee uh, and maybe eventually Miami, if they ever get it together, uh, I think this is could not be. Time to better. It could have been earlier, obviously, a year ago, but I don't think we get a hire like this done a year ago. So I think that, you know, trying out plan A, fine, gave it a year. Uh, I think that I personally would have been fine with, like you mentioned, trying to figure out which party was most at fault as far as the offense goes. Was it DJ? Was it Streeter? But now with both out of the building, like I mentioned before, we won't know. I think it's for the better. I think that's subjective anyway. Uh, because, I mean, just think of the debate now on how many different angles people take towards it and blaming one part or the other or both, which I think is the true right answer. Like most things, it's somewhere in the middle. But uh, I think that, you know, like we said like five times now, it's uh, it's change. It needed to happen. And once again, Dabo uh, shocks the world, so to speak. And, uh, you know, in the end gets it done. And I could not be more excited for next season. Uh just to throw it out there, we're sitting 14 to one to win the title next year. Uh, been looking at movement. I don't think it has moved. Not that NOC, you know, is going to transform your program overnight, but I think that just in general, we could if see there some was, more there, buzz it, in that direction. It would probably be this guy, right? I think that, like Jacob said, the name um, wasn't a shock. I don't think we were ever, you know, thinking we couldn't pull this off it was just would Dabo go in that direction and actually um do it yeah right actually do it uh you know the cliff kingsbury stuff was 
what it was. Uh, yeah. I will say from having watched the midseason hard knocks, which again might get canceled because no one's going to want that show anymore. Uh, it was the Colts last year who missed the playoffs with like eight pro bowlers because they couldn't beat Jacksonville week 18. And now this year, the Cardinals who, uh, after losing Kyler Murray, the wheels fell off. But um, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury would be a great fit at, at Clemson. And I don't mean no. that he can't call plays and he's not you know, capable of the football part. I mean the rest of it. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with him. He doesn't have a checkered pass, anything like that. I'm just saying just demeanor-wise and how he goes about things, at least from the brief glimpses we get from that show, I, I think that that might have caused some friction. Uh, so I think that, you know, I'm not too upset about that. And I think that was more, at least in my eyes, very wishful thinking or a joke almost just because I don't think many ex-NFL head coaches are going to go back to an offensive coordinator role in college. So uh, Bill O'Brien. Well, that's the one. <laughs> He's not um, to see yet. Just a couple stats, because um, I know right before Jacob joined in, we were talking about just a national championship game and only scoring seven points. But right. in his first three seasons as an OC, the first two at SMU and then obviously this year at TCU, he's been in the top 15 in scoring, pretty much averaging about 37 points a game. And then he's, it took a little bit of a dip this year with total yards, but averaged 501 total yards first year at SMU, 464 last year, 442 this year. I mean, that's top 30 in the country. That's better than probably what we had going on this year. I mean, our best oh, receiver had 500 yards receiving. So we haven't the had a 100-yard receiver in like two years. Yeah, the numbers are there. Um, it's just a wait. It's just a waiting game now to see how it's gonna it's gonna pan out. So yeah, and I think that year one, I would temper expectations just because of what's in the <laughs> receiver room at Give the me moment. All. I mean, I, I it's <laughs> well, uh, this think is about fall it, the receiver but we're now. With the receivers, we've seen a different up, like a more of an uptick with Cade at quarterback. Right. I think Jacob was on to something earlier this year about the catchable ball with DJ. We don't know if like he was throwing a too hot or something or whatever, but I and mean, we got guys like Cole Turner, Antonio Williams is already a proven stud. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, Adam Randall is going to have a healthy spring, spring, spring training, spring practice, fall camp, and then uh, hopefully going to be playing more games this year. Bo Collins should help hopefully get come back healthy as well. So the talent is there. It's just if right. it's going to get used. I'm only cautious because the three of the four guys you mentioned are coming off true freshman yeah. seasons. That's my only thing. As we've fallen in this trap before with guys like EJ Williams, for example, who's not even with the program anymore, that had a great yeah. freshman year. And they're like, okay, great freshman year. Here comes the meteoric rise. And then he turns into a guy with his name on the stadium. It just doesn't happen. Uh, I think that. Like we mentioned before, our hit rate at receiver is wild. I think that uh, is how we became known as wide receiver U, and obviously uh, what's happening in Columbus has kind of taken away from that a bit. Um, we're just going just in different slightly. directions talent-wise, but we never really had the you know, room full of six five-stars. It was guys that came in, were talented, just not in the eyes of recruiting services, who I think at some point are guessing, just like the rest yeah. of us. Uh, and so I think that, you know, Doing a lot more with less is what really got us that name in the first place. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that now with everybody worried about stars and not what actually happens on the field, that I think Ohio State's earned that title back. But I think with Riley, we could definitely be right back in that conversation sooner rather than later. So, 
Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much kind of does it. We'll definitely get more into it this weekend or post oh, yeah, after this weekend. So. Right, right, right. Um, because we got we still got to get BZ's comments on it. I think he's pretty happy. Uh, I did message Tucker Israel earlier. I said, so, how are we feeling? And he said he is <laughs> pumped, but he does not see him being here long, which I think no, a lot of us are realizing that too. So This is this is a pit stop, I think. Yeah. Which but, deservedly so. If yeah. he's he continues his trajectory as a coach, then he will have better offers elsewhere for more money, and, of course, the role will be head coach and offensive coordinator. Yeah, so we'll get more into that on Monday or Tuesday whenever we record next, but – we still got some football to watch. We still got some football to pick and bet. So yeah. let's get into some NFL picks and bets. Yeah. So the way it's set up, we got six games now in Super Wild Card Weekend. They've got seven seeds now. The top seed in the AFC and the NFC getting a bye. That is this year. The Chiefs in the AFC, the Eagles in the NFC. So we will not see them this weekend. But starting tomorrow, which is Saturday, we will see a pair of matchups. One early, that is Seahawks-Niners. Uh, Niners, a pretty big favorite, laying about 9.5 on DraftKings as I look at it now. And then the nightcap, which will mark the end of my sanity at 25 years <laughs> old. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, without Mike Williams, because Brandon Staley is a dumbass, will take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars, as we all saw Last Monday night? Mm-hmm. Uh, Set, no. Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday, yes. Yep. Uh, Thursday winning the play-in game, essentially, with the Titans, uh, defeating Josh Dobbs and the Titans. Not convincingly, but all you got to do is win this time of year, and they did that, so they will host a playoff game. And uh, Chargers favored by two and a half. I, I guess I get it, just because of you look at the roster up and down, and I think that it's pretty clear in most if not i won't say all spots but enough spots to warrant being favored but this offense without mike williams is rough yeah he missed four games he exited two others and we were two and four in those games Um, two and four and then what with him you're eight and two or something like that yeah it's night and day uh we dropped both games that he exited and we were two and two in the four complete games he missed uh towards the later middle portion of the season uh but i'm just concerned it's a back fracture as well um you know i I think that that's something that as Schefter noted is multi-week injury so even if we do take on the Bengals role this year we might not even get it back for the super bowl um so i just i don't know bit of a chargers tangent but like i said episode two ago it's cheaper in therapy and i'm just pissed off because there's no reason for Mike or anybody to play, but we played starters into the third quarter against Denver. Didn't need to, uh, lost anyway, by the way, like, uh, it's just, that was the most damning part of it all, I think. And then of course you look across the slate to the giants who similar spot as us and they sat every starter and they almost, I don't say almost, they scored with like 40 seconds left and had an onside kick, but they gave the Eagles a game with backups. So uh, I think that I'm going to be a Chargers fan. Saturday, I've been a Chargers <laughs> fan for my whole life, so uh, I think that, and as I've said, the winner of this game will have my uh, full support going forward. So, um, I, I've got to take Niners, and you know, yeah. I'm going to be with a Chargers fan Saturday night. So, uh, what are you thinking for these first two playoff games? Um, the Niners are just rolling. I mean, the weapons that they they're going to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. they're going to run the ball. They're going to be a, probably able to throw the ball. 
the Seahawks are a good story. To. Yeah, the Seahawks are a good story this year, but I mean the spread's nine and a half. Like for and obviously we see yeah. later on with the Bills is thirteen and a half, but right. well and the Ravens and the Bengals nine. But the the Niners are a wagon. I think they're very trendy pick just to win it all in general. Um mm-hmm. I mean that's just gonna be a boring game pretty much. Uh, I got the Niners and then I'm torn too with the Chargers and Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars have been playing basically playoff games for five straight weeks now. Right. They've um, been in the mentality for a while. Yeah. And, I mean, Trevor didn't have the best game last week. He was missing throws. But, I mean, he's played well back over, like, through the end of the season. But, oh, God. This is, I, I'm going to I'm gonna ride with you. I'm going to go with the Chargers. And I think it's – an important thing to note is that Trevor Lawrence is in year two, but he is in year one with an NFL head coach. Uh, Urban Meyer was worried about the wrong blondes with long hair last year. So I think that this is fair to, it's never actually going to be truly recognized as it, but this is Trevor Lawrence's first year where he's an organization led by a competent head coach. Yeah. Um, They gave him the talent out wide uh, we mentioned last week or i said it I, I was like hand up i was wrong about this receiver group uh just based on the price tag preseason but they've you know i don't think they've played up to those price tags necessarily but the role they're brought in to fill they have done so and then some so i think that's a big reason why they're sitting getting ready for a home playoff game is that exact uh set of moves so credit to them um that i'm hoping is one of the better playoff games like you mentioned Half of these games have double-digit spreads, so it's a bit weird. We're right there at it. Right. You you think of the NFL, not a ton of parity as far as the top and the top. When you get into these playoffs games, you expect them I mean, inside a touchdown. That's not asking a ton. But, uh, I mean, as I look now, six games throughout this three-day weekend, and three of them are within a field goal, and the rest are outside of a touchdown. So I think it's going to be – there's always madness. We see it all the time. But I think that – there is certainly potential for some uh, some snoozers, but um, you know. So that's those are the two Saturday. Um, we're in lockstep so far, so we'll see if that's a good thing or not. Um, we'll pick these, and uh, we'll tweet out our picks for these. We're not going to count them for the regular season record just because we'll just I'm do up a three post, games. Yeah, I don't want to show. We'll do a postseason so. record. Yeah, like, just see who gets the best. Right, and uh, so we'll get Jacobs when he's done uh, working hard out in California. But moving to Sunday, where we have a triple header, uh, starting early with the Dolphins without Tua, unfortunately. Uh, 13.5-point dogs at the Bills, like you mentioned. That's the biggest spread on the board. Um, what are you thinking with this one? Yeah, Bills. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, we, Bills got, next. I mean, this is, yeah. yeah, they got Skylar Thompson starting at quarterback. Um, yeah. And we saw what that offense did last week. So if that tells you anything. Right. Uh, timely safeties for some aside. This this offense with Miami, uh, one of the better receiver duos in the NFL with Waddle and Hill. But if you can't get them the ball, they can't burn you. So I think that the run game with Mostert has done well. It's not going to go into Buffalo and win you a playoff game, especially with, like you mentioned, Skylar Thompson under center. Tua with the much chronicled head injuries this year. Just uh, I think it's in his best interest not to play. So. Uh, hats off to him and the organization for recognizing that. And then Teddy also. He's got a weird with an injury, injury that was, I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Uh, he was available last week. Right. 
but never played. I think he's available this week as well, but still. Right. I think it would take a game-ending so. injury from Thompson. Because um, in both cases, last week and this week, it's winner go home for them, I believe. So I think that was, you know, if they absolutely had to have a warm body behind Thompson, it would have to be him. Uh, I'm not aware of any practice squad moves off the top of my head with Miami. Uh, but Mm-mm. that's just tough. I mean, Miami was a good story. You know, the Tua-Herbert debate was fun. Both teams were doing well. Uh, the Chargers heated up towards the end of the year, and Miami lost like six or seven in a row. Uh which, you know, timed up immediately with the injuries to Tua. So I think that's worth mentioning. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Bill's next. I mean, this is just minus 900 on the money line. Uh, good for those Lord. in the parlay business, which I'm <laughs> sure. Uh, good luck with that juice. Yeah. But one of the games I mentioned within a field goal is the middle slate game, which is at 440, which is an odd NFL kickoff time, but sure. Uh, the New York Giants, who – are smart and rested their starters last week. Uh, enter as healthy as possible. Going to Minnesota, they are three-point dogs. This is one of the more, I think, hotly debated games of this uh, opening round slate just because of, you know, the Vikings. I've made the comparison a couple of times now to TCU and that we're like, okay, this is the week they lose. This is the week they lose. And obviously the Vikings have some ugly losses to uh, Green Bay, Dallas, and the Eagles. I think that might be it. Um all blowout losses, though. Yeah. And now they host a dangerous Giants team led by a much improved Daniel Jones. Like you mentioned that last time we were on here. And uh, field goal spread. What do you think here? I'm going to go. This is tough, but give me the Giants. I've I just got a weird feeling. I mean, the Vikings have been one of the most inconsistent teams, especially on defense. That a Giants offense is actually kind of good. Like Dable and their OC got them rolling. Yeah, give me the Giants. I just see Vikings with all this not necessarily hype, but like overhype, I guess you'd say. And I can just see them blowing a tire and just not showing up at all. Right. I mean, I think the essentially the rebirth of Saquon Barkley this year uh, has been great as far as fantasy, but on the field. It's the reason they're playing Sunday. Uh, I yeah. think that you mentioned uh, the offense. They don't have a great receiver room. Uh, and I think it's Galladay who they pay like $80 million to do nothing consistently. So I think that, you know, Daniel Jones limiting turnovers and then having Saquon back there as uh, dependable as he was in his brief prime, uh, I think has been the catalyst for this run for this Giants team. And I'm with you. I don't think it ends here. I think the Vikings – have everything to lose. They've been called frauds all season. And what better way to prove that than to drop a home playoff game to a hungry Giants team uh, with a first-year head coach. And, I mean, you know, the Giants have very little expectations as far as, like, pressure-wise. I think that's important. Uh, I think the Vikings, the defense, like you mentioned, is a concern. Everybody just thinks Justin Jefferson hits bet on the Vikings. I would just be very, very careful with that. This Giants defense uh, – been pretty pretty good this year that's another reason why they find themselves in the playoff hunt for the first time since that yacht picture Uh, so i think i'm with you here for the fourth time in four games i'm gonna take the giants um you know i'm probably gonna take the points if i end up actually yeah getting involved with this i mean they're gonna give you three points take it uh money line plus 135 as i look at it so i mean that's you know, pick your poison there if you like the road team. But um, 
yeah, I'm with you. I think the Giants win this game. I'm almost scared because of how popular that is of a pick, upset-wise. That's like the trendy one. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, nightcap Sunday. You brought it up a bit before. Uh, Bengals minus 8.5 against Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar announcing on his own, I think, that he would not play. Mm-hmm. Uh, PCL strain a bit more serious than originally thought. Still some swelling and instability there. So he will also sit out um, because he needs a contract, but also because he's not 100% healthy. So I can uh, I can respect that. You know, Philip Rivers played on a torn ACL, but he had a contract wait on him next year. So I think that's a bit different. Uh, do you see an upset here? No, not with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Oh, no, I think Tyler Huntley's hurt too. So it might be Anthony Brown. Oh, jeez. So we'll have yeah. two QB3s out there someday. Yeah. And, I mean, the Bengals did lose a couple offensive linemen, so that's not great for them. But Joe Burrow is still Joe Burrow. He's got T. He's got Jamar. He's got Tyler Boyd. There's Joe Mixon. Like, the list goes on and on, and that defense is playing well here recently. Yeah, give me the Bengals. I mean, they're one of the three best teams, obviously, in the AFC right now, so that's who I'm rolling with. Yeah, the only weird thing about this game is the total sits at 40.5, lowest on the board, and the spread at 8.5. So, I mean, if that total rings true, that is not a lot of wiggle room. Uh, I mean, I think this Ravens defense is going to have to play a lights-out four quarters for whoever's at quarterback. I don't care who it is. If his name's not Lamar Jackson, they're going to have issues. Uh, I think that, you know, guys like Sam Hubbard for Cincinnati are going to be big impact guys in this game, getting the pass rush, forcing mistakes from these backup signal callers, whoever it may be. Uh, I think that I just, I don't think Baltimore can, I think that ship's already sailed. A lot of the fans have kind of written off this team as, you know, one last ride for Lamar Jackson. that didn't quite get there. Um, and who knows what his future holds. It's going to involve a big payday. I just don't know if it's going to be in Baltimore. Uh, they gave Roquan Smith a $25 million a year contract for four years. So that's a hundred million dollars off a cap sheet that was already struggling to uh, account for a big Lamar Jackson extension. So we may see him tagged and traded. We may see him tagged. I don't know what that tag figure would look like, but it would be a lot of money. Uh, Kirk Cousins has used that strategy a bit throughout the years to kind of keep his uh, contracts short term, which has you know, worked out pretty well for him in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, as a Panthers fan, you might be getting a lot more acquainted with Lamar Jackson, but there's a lot that of, seems a bit far-fetched. There's I a just, lot of far-fetching for Carolina Panthers and obtaining <laughs> a quarterback right now. It's yeah. either we trade up or we go, I got Lamar, I could trade for Pitt, yeah. I get Justin Fields, who knows. There's there's just a lot going on right now with that. So I'll believe it's something when I see it. we we got to find a head coach first. Fair. Right, that's true too. Uh, quickly, Steve Wilkes being promoted. What are your thoughts on that to head coach from interim? He's the right guy. I mean, obviously, the team changed once they rolled with him. But Tepper has a type right now with the guys that he's interviewing. It's all, you know, played quarterback in the NFL, has been on the offense, offensive coordinator. He wants that flashy hire, that Mike McDaniels, that that Sean McVay, all that good stuff. He wants one of those flashy hires, but he's going to mess it up somehow. I know that for sure. (laughs) I mean, I get the flashy part. Talented young defense doesn't get enough credit. Uh, the offense trying to catch up, but the big stumbling block is the quarterback position. I don't know that 
Lamar Jackson in his perceived prime is the answer. I don't know if the team as a whole is quite there yet to where you just insert an elite quarterback and then that's, you know, the magic cure-all for everything else that's going on. Um, you know, running back, going to need something there. I mean, they performed admirably down the stretch. I just don't know if that duo, duo in uh, Hubbard and Foreman is the answer long, long term, which is kind of what you need set up if you're going to make a move like a Lamar Jackson for a quarterback. Um, you know, if I had to guess right now, I'd probably say draft day trade. I don't know what that would look like. But um, a lot of assets to be had in Carolina to make that happen. So who knows? But hopefully you're only wrong on the David Tepper screwing it up part because he's made a habit of that lately. And um, that defense is just too good to waste. And at least I'm hoping. So, you know, we shall see. So that wraps up Sunday. I'm with you. I'm taking the Bengals. I know it's boring, but, um, you know, I'd rather be right, honestly. Yeah. Night cap for the slate is on Monday, as you mentioned. Monday night football, 8-15 kick. It is the fifth seed Dallas Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay to take on Brady and the Bucks, who limped out of a stellar NFC South this year to uh, lock up that four seed. Tampa catching two and a half points at home. This is another very trendy side, I think. I don't know what the public splits look like at this point on a Friday late afternoon, but I would expect a lot of money on Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that, you know, putting Brady at plus money at home in a playoff situation is just asking for it to get hammered. Uh, This Dallas team we saw last year with Dak Prescott, forgetting how clocks work uh, towards the end of that game they lost last year in this same weekend. So some, you know, ghosts of Tony Romo and that may crop up for Dallas. But I just, I don't know what to think about this Dallas team, honestly. I've been so back and forth with them all year. Uh, I think that, you know, bright spots like that Minnesota game, we mentioned earlier, just destroying the Vikings to the extent they took it off TV. But then they come back and they get murdered by the Commanders in Week 18. And with Philly winning, it didn't really amount to much as far as seeding. But, I mean, imagine if Philly loses that game, they lose the Commanders, and they could have had the one seed. I mean, that's just... um, That's tough for me. This game is... Very, very. I'm glad it's Monday because I'll have a decent feeling about where my thoughts have been through the first five games and how accurate they've been because this sixth game is, I think, the toughest one to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I yeah. don't know. I, I'm going to go Tampa Bay just because there's no worse feeling than betting against Tom Brady and then watching him just eviscerate the team that you thought was going to beat the greatest quarterback of all time, especially at home. Um, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of results for Tampa Bay this year. They've had some injury issues, which I can sympathize with as a Chargers fan. But I, Tom Bray's the reason I'm picking Tampa, and that's really all I can say about it. Um, what do you think here for this last game? I'm agree with pretty much every point you got about this game. It's pretty, almost an impossible one to pick because you don't know which team from for either side is going to show up. Right. Like if we get early on middle middle of the season cowboys i'm gonna roll with the cowboys but i mean right the bucks already beat the cowboys too this year right the so, opening game yeah yeah um i'm just gonna go the cowboys um i just think they're gonna they're, they're like how can they know, possibly do this again <laughs> yeah i mean it's right. since we've been watching football uh you know i mentioned the romo days they just could not buy a playoff win uh, last year, clock mismanagement, they ended up losing 
in field goal range, I think, within a field goal. So I, I think that just something about this time of year and these Dallas Cowboys, no matter how talented they are, how good they are, they're a really good team. Um, yeah. But I just, for whatever reason, this is like the worst matchup for them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is going to Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, just good luck. Uh, you know, Tom's in year 30-something for a reason. Uh, I think that, you know, especially if I think if he knows this is it, I think that's going to add a little bit more to uh, to his play. And as a result, that's going to make Tampa that much more dangerous. I'm just going to say my bets real quick. Yeah. Um, so quickly, uh, my bets are 49ers minus nine and a half. Going with Bills, Dolphins under 43 and a half. Large spread, quick game. I just don't see much out of the off, off, offense from the Dolphins. And then I'm going with the Giants plus three. So those are my bets. Yeah. I got Giants plus three. I'll take Bills minus 13 and a half. I think they start their playoff run in a dominant fashion. And then uh, I'll stick with Tampa Bay. I'll go plus two and a half and uh, just hope that my Brady belief uh, works out for me. So that's what we got for this weekend. NFL-wise, we'll tweet all these out at the 10 or 9 like we always have throughout the regular season. Uh, we'll toss the records out just because that 18-week grind, I think, was enough uh, math for us. So we'll uh, start fresh with the playoffs and see how we do. Get your Jacob's picks on there as well. And uh, like Jacob said in his brief appearance, we will talk to you guys Monday much more in-depth about Clemson's moves lately and, of course, uh, how these games shake out this weekend. Deuces. Subscribe.